Welcome to the Agency Collective Tales with Ellie Hale, our podcast chatting to our brilliant agency owners about all things agency life. So today on the podcast, I am joined by Jay Scott Nichols from Circus. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Oh, you are so, so welcome. So like we always do with the Agency Collective Tales, tell us your story as agency owner and how Circus came to be born. So Circus was born in 2010. My wife and I were living in China at the time on a posting with her work and decided to move back to the UK to start a family. And the question was what to do when I got there. So it happens my sister works for Google and over dinner one evening, she was telling me a bit about Google's plan to move Street View indoors and to start mapping the indoor world. And they were having some challenges around scaling that proposition and being able to do that across the world, across all kinds of businesses and find good photography suppliers. And having worked with National Geographic for about seven years and run teams around the world and and also with a background in sales and marketing, the light bulb moment was that sounds like something that I might be able to help them with because we can bring to that challenge, I have the ability to manage groups of photographers and deliver quality work and to communicate with the businesses that are going to consume that service. So it really started with a partnership with Google, taking Street View indoors and became specialised in 360 photography and it all grew from there. Oh, amazing. You see, you don't want to be that boring person talking about work at dinner, but then you also always want to be that person that's sort of talking about your work over dinner because you never know, do you, when opportunities are going to arise and when your life can change. So from that chat at dinner, your, your whole agency has been born. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. And we nowadays do very little of that kind of work because we've gone through so many evolutions and pivots that, um, that now what we do is unrecognisable from those early days. And that's really by virtue of how quickly the technology has grown around us. That's brilliant. So I'm really interested to know from where you were then with that initial idea to where you guys are now. So so describe Circus to me now. So Circus now is a core team of about 15 people, a mix of creative specialists, account managers, sales and marketing and operations. And around that core team, we obviously have a wider ecosystem of specialists that we call in depending on the needs of the project. So every project that we do is totally different. There are no cookie cutter approaches and therefore depending on the brief, we'll need different specialisms, which we may or may not have in-house. And so that's a really fantastic way to work. We can sort of dream team to meet each brief, depending on its needs. That's brilliant. And so where are your clients from? Where do you get your new biz from? Well, interestingly, that was one of our pivots really year before last was a big shift away from outbound sales and towards marketing. And I think that was in recognition of the fact that people and businesses like to buy in different ways nowadays. You know, everyone loves to buy, no one loves to be sold to. And so that approach, and I think which comes from my early career, you know, outbound sales, bashing the phones, knocking on doors, just wasn't really working anymore. People weren't responding to that. And quite rightly, neither would I if I were in their shoes. And so what we did is scale massively back on sales activities and massively up on marketing to do things like thought leadership, to really make sure that we're properly optimized, to think about sales, not as a process of convincing people to buy things, but as starting conversations. So we now talk just about starting conversations. So you know, we'll join groups and try to add value. We'll you know, go to networking events and really just talk to people. And out of those conversations, almost always comes something interesting, if not direct work. Brilliant. 
So you sound really, truly excited by the work that you do. What are some exciting things that you're working on at the moment? The last year and a half has obviously been a really important and interesting one, being cautious about the fact that obviously a lot of businesses have found it really challenging. Frankly, for us, it's been a massive boon because suddenly businesses are needing to do things virtually that they used to do in real life. So we've just had an explosion of incoming inquiries and briefs for all kinds of wacky solutions for things that we ourselves had never thought of as use cases. So, you know, we're now doing things that would have been really unthinkable a couple of years ago. For example, virtual trade shows, you know, trade shows got blown away over the last couple of years and suddenly brands have lost lead generation moments in their calendars. And so what we've been able to do is to create virtual trade shows wherein the brand can create a kind of fantasy environment and they can populate it with all kinds of interesting rich media. Their audience can be dramatically larger than it would if you were just relying on who turns up on the day of the show in the room. Suddenly they've got a taste for the fact that, hey, virtual representations of what we do don't have to be impoverished versions. They can actually be better in some ways. They can be more accessible to more people for longer periods of time. And suddenly that's really, really exciting. And they are creatively as well as commercially excited about the possibilities there. And when they're excited, that's great because it brings a really nice energy to the project. Yeah, definitely. I think at the beginning of the pandemic, the virtual world was sort of seen as the real world's poor cousin, wasn't it? It was like, oh God, oh, what, I've got to do my gym class online and still pay full price. Like, <laughs> why am I doing that? That's rubbish. Whereas now, absolutely, I think that the quality and the calibre, everyone's really up their game, haven't they? Yeah, absolutely. And it's this happy confluence of factors. So the technology has matured almost just in time to meet that sudden and unexpected change in the world. So we're in a position to ride that wave where we were following the technology and staying up with it so that when that environmental change happened with COVID, we had a toolkit ready to go to say, okay, you're having this problem in the real world. Here's a way to meet it virtually. So last year, did you guys have to pivot dramatically? Did you guys have to change what you were doing in any way? There were two main things that we had to do. One was an internal one, which was suddenly to go fully remote. So the team were also spread back working in their homes, as the case with most, if not all agencies. And we really leaned into that. So we got VR headsets for the whole team and we now have our team meetings in VR. So we have a virtual office environment and avatars of ourselves, which look like ourselves with like our faces kind of wrapped around 3D models and they gesture and they make facial expressions and they talk. So we now get together in a virtual space. You can move around in it. You can have conversations. You can share objects, make presentations, do all the things that you would do in a real meeting room. And what's really interesting about it is that it is qualitatively better and different to Zoom. You wouldn't have thought so because you're looking at people's avatars rather than their real faces. So you think that you would miss out on all that non-verbal communication stuff that you get. You know, at least on Zoom, you can see people's faces. But in this virtual environment, there's something about being in space with people and being able to move around a space and have conversations where it's not just one person taking the floor at each moment, but actually you can have a little cluster of conversations going on in this part of the room and a totally different conversation going on over there that you can just overhear. It suddenly feels richer and in, and more real than a, than a Zoom call. So that, that's been really interesting. So there's a practical pivot there to just going remote and really enjoying that. And we're going to start bringing clients into that virtual space, which is going to be interesting. Oh my God, amazing. Yeah, yeah. I think they'll get a real kick out of it. And the second challenge or pivot, I suppose, is towards having to work much harder educating the market 
is something that we've always tried to do because being in an innovation space, there's a lot of need to kind of demonstrate to brands and to partners like other agencies that we work with what's possible so that they know when to call us. And that suddenly became more urgent because of the immediate needs and more complex because of the variety of different needs out there. So we had to suddenly start doing webinars about what the virtual revolution might mean. We did a a white paper called The Virtual Revolution, all about how these changes, which have been accelerated by COVID, are going to stay for the long term. That took a lot of work, but it's really paid dividends uh, now, I would say. That's brilliant. And I know that you run your agency with your wife, Jo. Have you guys been partners from the very beginning? Did you start the agency together? Did she come into it at a later stage? We very much started it together. You know, it was around the kitchen table, as say, it was when we were living in China originally and then back in the UK. But it took a while for her to disentangle herself from her previous career in government. So yeah, we certainly conceived it together. I probably ran with it more in the early days. But nowadays, now that she's freer to kind of work together, then yeah, we can really properly run it together. Yeah, and she's in a meeting. Unfortunately, when we're recording this podcast, I tried to convince her join us as well. No, no, you're fine. But we love it. I'm so interested to hear about female founders and getting them in the spotlight just as much. So that's brilliant that you guys run it together. Yeah, yeah, we really enjoy it. And has that allowed flexibility in your home life as well? You're running an agency, being agency founders. Have you found that it gives you sort of flexibility with your family life? Yeah, it does. We've got two girls who are eight and four. So we really enjoy spending time with them. And I definitely think one of the learnings for I think both of us over the last couple of years has been that it feels like it's time to take advantage of the fact that we've built our own business. It's so easy as a founder to just work all hours. And you know, the, the fantasy is that being your own boss, you'll be totally free and you can be off on a yacht somewhere six months of the year. But the truth is you're working till midnight and you're never really off duty. So I think once the business had got to a stage of enough maturity, we felt it was time to you know, to take advantage of having invested in it and to be able to say once in a while, like, you know, I'm just going to take the afternoon off. You know, we're going to have that holiday. You know, we're not just going to work because, oh, there's that project deadline. The team can handle it. You know, we've got processes in place now. And so we can start to take advantage of being business owners in a way that is so easy not to do. Oh my God, it, I hear this all the time. Like, And the guilt when you take the holidays and the inability to actually oh, switch off and be present when you're on holiday because you're checking emails. Have you managed it yet? Or is this something that is in your near future to manage <laughs> the holiday and and get away together. Well, the, in many ways, the best holidays we've done have been the remote ones. So where we've gone camping to somewhere with no signal. <laughs> it's just fantastic because it's fully out of your hands. And we have such a Take that option you. away, please. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's brilliant. You're right. It's so important. And that is the whole reason for being your own boss and embarking on the madness that is agency life is because of the quality of life that you want to have for your family. But you're right. I hear that all the time from our AC members. Have you got any pearls of wisdom that you wish you could have told yourself at that kitchen table in China or that you would impart on agency owners that are perhaps not as far along in their agency journey as you guys are? I'm sure if I could go back in time, there's lots of things that I would tell myself or do differently. I suppose a few things that come to mind are to make each stretch a new baseline. So the real inflection points in our business have been where we've taken a complex or a bigger project than perhaps we've been used to or even comfortable with. And it almost always turns out that more follow as a result of it. So I could chart the growth of the business based on specific projects. And there are so many vanilla ones which come and go along the way, which you almost forget that you did. 
but those ones really stand out as the high points or the pivotal moments where you suddenly did something different and were able to demonstrate an expertise that, that maybe you couldn't have demonstrated so completely before. And so I think there's this, a need to be confident and bold and to say, okay, we've done that once. Let's build on that achievement as a new baseline from which we go up and to, at the same time, cut loose the projects which hold you back. You know, every agency has projects that they wish they'd never said yes to. The bread and butter uh, ones or the complete drainers. The drainers, yeah, which just are so distracting and you really care about the work. They're emotionally stressful and draining to deal with and the more if they're not the most profitable or creative ones. So I think, yeah, making each stretch a new baseline and then cutting loose the ones which are holding you back and knowing that the work will come, I think is one. Another one would be about establishing a culture where promises are kept. I think one of the things that that we try to do well in our agency is to have a guiding principle that we do what we say we'll do. And that applies in all directions. That's not just promises we make to clients, but to each other, to suppliers, partners, We say we'll do something on an individual level, no matter who it's to, we move heaven and earth to do it. And I think if you can establish that culture, then everything else sort of falls into place around it because there's a sense of mutual trust and diligence and dedication and all that kind of good stuff that comes along with it. So that's something I'd probably do more actively earlier. And then finally, about processes. We work with a business coach who's fantastic. That's another thing I would really recommend founders do early is get a mentor, get a coach, because it's so great to have someone that you can be accountable to because you're otherwise not going to share that journey and those hard decisions with you. It's so easy to grow organically and to do things in a bit of an ad hoc way. And, oh, we've got this template that we bashed together at 20 minutes before, and now that becomes the linchpin of our delivery process because we haven't got time to go back and figure out whether it was the best version of itself. Put in place processes as if you were 10 times the size you are, because it will just grease the wheels so much along the way and just make that growth more painless, I would say. That's bloody brilliant advice, Jay. Thanks so much. And then just finally, next for Circus, what's coming up? Well, we have an ambition. Our vision 2022 is to, to double in terms of turnover. That means taking bigger projects, growing the team. We're going to be bringing in-house some specialisms that we feel have matured. So there are some things that we used to do by bringing in external suppliers and partners, which we're now getting asked for sufficiently frequently that it's time to bring them in-house. So I think growing our skill set is going to be the next big step over the next year. And that's going to be fueled by these projects that we've got in the pipeline, which we're going to deliver over the next few months. Oh, my goodness. It sounds like you guys have got a jam-packed year ahead. Indeed, How indeed. exciting for you. Yeah, we can't wait. Oh, brilliant. Jay, thank you so much for being on our podcast and for sharing some bloody brilliant advice. Most appreciated. It's been a great pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening. Please don't forget to subscribe, stay in touch, and if you like what you hear, come and find out more at theagencycollective.co.uk.